Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast, and I'm just checking in on you. I'm just checking in to see how your week's going. Huh? It's Thursday. Back in the day, I remember when I had the old fucking nine to fiver, that was payday, if I remember correctly, Thursday. Fucking scraping nickels together by Tuesday, flat broke on Wednesday, brown bagging your lunch, and then Thursday came, and then there was another 260 bucks. That's what I made full time. 260 for unloading trucks, laughing my ass off. Still, one of the great jobs I've ever had. Right up there with stand-up comedy. Working in a warehouse. Not married. No kids. No credit cards. You know, just acting like a fucking idiot. Shaking off a night of drinking and late-night McDonald's like it never even happened. Just waking up with a flat stomach. You know, a back that wasn't out. Just going over, just fucking bending over at the waist, picking up heavy shit, not lifting with my legs. <laughs> you know, not stretching and then just going to play softball after with everybody else, getting fucking hammered. Wine coolers back in the 80s. Bottles and James. They were sort of like the original White Claw. I don't, I don't even know what a White Claw is. White Claw came out after... Um, my drinking days were over. I was out of the league, you know. Speak, speaking of which, every year you got to bring it up in baseball. The greatest contract ever signed, the Bobby Bonilla. Bobby Bonilla Day, July 1st, New York Mets pay him $1.19 million right through 2035, you know. Tell you, there's a guy who doesn't have to worry about should I get Bitcoin or not. He doesn't give a fuck. Gets a whole sack of money. Man, he's got to live in like Florida. He's got to be in one of those no, no, uh, no state taxes. Fucking cunts. Just out of curiosity, before there was, before they did tax your income, like how did they pay for all the shit? And how do we get back to that? Can you imagine if you got to keep your whole fucking check? <laughs> I mean, just imagine. The fun you would have, that extra fucking couple hundred bucks every week. Just imagine the fun you would have not saving that either, blowing that, scraping nickels together on Tuesday and brown bagging it on Wednesday. You, you could have an extra fucking two to three hundred dollars of fun. Whatever the hell it was, whatever you make. I don't know what the hell you make. Um, man, those were the days. I was smart enough to not... Um, I, had a, I did have a car payment, and when I paid that thing off, I remember, like, I just didn't like it. I didn't like owing people money. And uh, some of the guys that I worked with would go out and go buy new cars, um, you know, uh, which part of me wishes I did. But, I mean, I didn't know where my life was going. I just, I just knew I sucked at everything. I sucked at everything that had to do with school, and school, the way it was sold, to me was your ticket to being successful. Like if you were bad at school, that was it. You know, you'd see the kids that were in honors classes, top of the class, and you're just thinking like, oh man, that guy's going to be driving down the street in a Rolls Royce convertible, chopping on a big cigar, you know, 
And I was, you know, going to summer school, hanging with all the fucking, you know, class clowns, meatheads, musicians, drug addicts. <laughs> I want to say most of us in summer school ended up in sales because everybody was fucking hilarious. And you just, I don't know, I just wanted to be around them. They were a lot more fun than the honors class. Not saying all the honors class kids were eggheads, but for the most part, they were definitely uh, introverted, you know? And I was like, well, I already suck at school, you know? Am I going to suck quietly? (laughs) Or can I hang with these knuckleheads and laugh, at least laugh my ass off rather than sitting here uh, acting like I'm thinking when I'm not... Um, anyway, but if I could go back, if I could go back in time and chain myself to my day job and not have, uh, and not have any, uh, you know, options financially at that point, I would have, I would have traded, I would have upgraded my truck. I think I would have, I think I probably would have gotten the Ford Ranger four by four that one of the guys I worked with had with the nice fucking rims. And the big tires and a fucking roll bar, you know, and some neon green risky business shades. And that would have been it. Me and my fucking orange head of hair coming down the street, listening to fucking ACDC in a four by four, clearing out a new fucking place to drink. That's what would have happened back in the day, but not not old conservative Bill. Not all, oh, I don't know about that, Billy. I kept my four-cylinder, no air conditioning, black vinyl fucking seats. <laughs> fucking fire engine red, well, ended up having an engine fire in the thing. I've told you guys these stories before. Um, anyway, I'm still waiting for my fucking, I'm going to fucking text the guy today. Are you guys going to fucking build the thing? Are you guys going to build that truck I have no use for? But makes my ego feel good for a week and then I'll be like, why did I buy this? And then I'll sell it. Like, what What? What? What the fuck is taking so long? They told me January or, Febu- or February. That's what the Ford Motor Company told me. Any news on my truck being assembled? Fucking club soda Kenny got me all freaked out. He goes, they haven't built it yet? They're going to be coming out with the 2024s. <laughs> Every once in a while, I get, I get club sodas fucking, he's so stoic. So every once in a while, like, I'll just say something. And it's so hard because he, he knows when I'm fucking with him. But the other day, uh, I was in New York and... Uh, I was getting ready to go over to the cellar and then go see that fucking amazing band, uh, the Yusef Dave's experience. So he gives me my plane ticket. He goes, here's your plane ticket. This is a hard copy of the plane ticket. So you have it on you. So, you know, because he wasn't giving me a ride to the airport. So I was like, all right, no worries. I go, let me just go upstairs. And I, I had to grab my cell phone charger or something. So I know he's watching me. So I turn towards the hotel and I deliberately stick the ticket light in my back pocket, it just falls down to the sidewalk, and I just hear him, like, 10 feet away just go, Eddie! 
And I just bursted out laughing, and then he knew that I got him, and he just started. Two times he's ever, all the years I've been working with him. Once That time he called me an idiot, and there was one other time he called me a jerk-off. And it was for whatever reason, I, I overslept, and I was sleeping really hard, and he was knocking on my hotel room door, and I didn't answer. And I always answer. So he's already thinking, like, there has to be a problem. He thought there was something medically wrong with me. And then when they were banging on, they, they got, he got security downstairs to open my hotel door, and I had the deadbolt thing on where you can just open the door a little bit. And they were yelling into the room, and he was convinced that I had had, like, a heart attack or something. And I got up, and I was just like, oh, sorry, I overslept and everything. And then he was kind of quiet. And we were standing at, the, like, the elevators. And he just goes, next time set your alarm fucking jerk off (laughs) I started cracking up I'm like oh you care you fucking care about me so anyway I'll be seeing that big dummy this weekend when I go out there to uh, college station doing a show out there with uh, Dean Del Rey and then we're gonna uh we got a day off, and then we're going to head over to uh, Austin, Texas and uh, check out the MotoGP race, which I can't fucking believe I'm going to that. I'm so fucking excited. Um, and with that, let's talk a little bit of sports here. Red Sox lose again to the undefeated Tampa Bay Devil Rays. All right? I know you're supposed to just call them the Rays, but there's no way at 11-0 they haven't signed a deal with the Devils. With the devil. Um, they are 11-0. And tonight, we have Chris Sale back. He had a start. It went well. I believe he got the win. No flat screen TVs were hurt during his start or afterward in the clubhouse. So Chris Hale, Chris Hale. Chris Sale is on the hill. He's on the bump. He's on the dirt nipple. Sorry, I ran out of sports fucking nicknames for the mound. What do they call it? The mound, the hill, the bump. They do not call it the dirt nipple. Um, Although I will tell you, having thrown out a pitch at a major league ballpark, yes, I did. I'm throwing that in your face. I took it out of my back pocket. You were looking at your phone. You didn't see it coming. I took it out, and I threw it right in your face. I was surprised at how low to the ground it was. I felt like I was maybe two inches off the ground. Um... Anyway, uh, Chris Sale is on the mound tonight. I'm going to be taping that game. I fucking love baseball. I really do. Um, And then I'm also obviously excited about the NHL playoffs. And I love that the Bruins had the run that they did because I knew that the Canadians won 76, 77, 78, 79, obviously. Um, But I missed all of that. Like, I didn't start watching hockey until about 81, and um, so it was all about the Islanders and Edmonton trying to Edmonton coming up, right? But I had no idea that the the uh, gaudy record that those Larry Robinson, Guy Lafleur, Ken Dryden, those great Montreal teams put up. I mean, they fucking won like that's when those like eighty games, and I don't think that there were like any ties back then. I think I don't think they had like overtime. But, like, they had, like, 
Uh, I should look it up. I just don't feel like looking it up. But they had like uh, out of those four years, like three game, three years they won at least sixty games. Um, they were essentially unfucking beatable. Um, so it's pretty cool when somebody does something like what the Bruins are doing, and then you end up learning some more stuff about the past, which I think is great. Um, so we shall see. I mean, just because you have a gaudy regular season record, everybody goes back to zero and zero. And then you have then you have the pressure of the playoffs. So we shall see. Um, oh, another '80s movie that I watched that I highly fucking recommend. I watched uh, Eddie Murphy and Nick Nolte in one of my favorite Eddie Murphy movies ever, um, Forty Eight Hours. And um, to this day, I still wish somebody would write a script that um, has the tone of that movie for Eddie. I always loved that because. It was perfect. It was as funny, you know, as like, oh, I guess, you know, obviously the clumps and coming to America and Beverly Hills Cop, those were more geared towards comedy. But what I loved about 48 Hours was it was it was a real movie. Like it had tense moments and all of that and people getting fucking, you know, their heads blown off and shit. And then Eddie was hilarious. And Nick Nolte with Eddie was a great, you know, cop buddy movie. But I will tell you, man, the level of fucking racist shit that Nolte's character says to Eddie Murphy's kids just like, Jesus Christ. <clears throat> and that was like a thing back then um, as far as uh, I noticed like whenever, whenever they had that thing where all of a sudden in the late 60s you could start swearing in movies or cursing as the kids say and you could show titties and all of that shit. And they started getting the rating system and all that. Like um, from like the late 60s until somewhere like in like the 84, 85. Like like any cop, any tough guy in any movie, it seemed like they were going to drop the N-word. They were were just going to go right down the list. But if you look at it, like everything was so fucking like beyond... Like race, it was also like ethnicity, where even like white people would be like to each other, be like, "Hey, let me tell you, greaseball something. If one more Polak comes over here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking, you know, beat you to death with this Mick fucking frog kraut son of a bitch." Like, <laughs> it's just fucking. You got to, like, it's still a great movie, 48 Hours, but, like, there's a couple where it's like, all right, I get it. I get it. <laughs> and then at one point, there's just a scene at the bar, and Nolte's just, his character's just like, yeah, listen, I'm, uh, I'm sorry about all that watermelon N-word stuff. Uh, just doing my job. Just keeping you down. <laughs> And then Eddie's character's like, yeah, well, you know, that doesn't explain everything. And then Jack Cates is just like, yeah, no. And then Eddie just goes, <laughs> and then <laughs> that explained that whole part of the movie away. Um, but other than that, I will say uh, James Remar and uh, um, oh, I got I got to get Billy Bear. That, that actor just passed away, unfortunately. Um, the two of them playing the bad guys, and then the dude who played Luther. And what's cool is James Remar and the dude who played Luther were both in the Warriors. Um, 
hang on. I, I'm going to get better at this while I actually have all of this stuff at my fingertips. So everybody thinks that I actually know everybody's name in the fucking movie, which I'm always amazed when people can do that. Or like those DJs, you know, that like the jazz album, you know, and then they just name everybody on the fucking thing. They're just like, uh, that was uh, Miles Davis on the trumpet, John Coltrane on the saxophone. And like 20 minutes later, they're just like, that was uh, Eddie Rabinowitz on the xylophone. Eddie Riz Rabinowitz Jr. on the vibes. On Timpathy, Timpany, we had Carl Porter, the great Carl Porter, um, who, as many of you know, played the uh, triangle on Borgie and Bess. A great album. Um, that was off the Blue Note label, I believe. Was it the Blue? Yes, it was the Blue Note label. You, know, you listen to a jazz fucking radio station. It's like, like most of the hour is the fucking DJ telling you who played on what. It's like, well, you, how about you play another song, you fucking asshole? Um, and on the didgeridoo, that of course was Peter, Peter Remar, Peter Remar on the didgeridoo, taking a solo that was a three against four motif with a bit of the clave, clave, Cuban, Afro-Cuban style. 68 degrees out, another wonderful springtime sort of okay Sonny Lant Lantum Sonny Lantum as Billy Bear he recently passed away David Patrick Kelly as Luther um and then of course it's you know I always loved Kehoe Brian James he passed away Inspector Ben Kehoe it just sucks in the second one when they make him a dirty cop you know ah it's like not Kehoe um Anyway, and then who's the ex-football player that's just screaming? Oh, even even he calls Eddie the N-word. He's like, he's screaming at him. I don't have for some N-word convict. That's right. I called him an N-word. You bet I did. Ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> The writer's room. It was all white guys over 50. That's what I'm going to guess on that one. Uh, but still, a fucking great movie. Um, other than that shit. And then you get the bus boys that actually ended up going out on tour with Eddie Murphy. Eddie had a lot of, I think he had a lot of musicians open up for him. I'm going to guess because I saw him on the Raw tour and he had the Weather Girls open up singing, It's raining, man. Hallelujah. And I remember Eddie coming out, you know, joking around, making sure like the stage because they were both big girls. He said, the weather girls can fuck up a stage. I do remember that. Um, so anyway, uh, definitely check that one out. Um, there's got to be a sketch out there where they just make fun of, like, how overtly fucking racist, like, every fucking cop and tough guy was in any of those, like, like James Conn, Thief. I'm just thinking of all those movies that I recently watched. I think Blowout was like that. 48 Hours was like that. Serpico. Um, haven't said that. They're all fucking great movies, but um, anyway. This is nature. I feel like I'm doing that with these things. It's like, Bill, we know. All right. Uh, I went flying yesterday with my instructor. This is how brilliant my instructor is. Um, I have a little four-wheeler that we tow the uh, helicopter out with. 
and uh, the idle needs to be it's it's idling too low, so it kind of goes like. And I was saying to him, I was like, you know, Alex Van Halen came up for Hot for Teacher listening to like a hot rod idling. That's how he came up with that. And he's like, oh, that's like really cool. So he recorded it and just in the morning just wrote a fucking song around it. Randy Waldman is his name, the great Randy Waldman, um, who spent his first gig. I'll give him a little shout out. His first gig at 18 was he was the piano player for Frank Sinatra. And since then, he's gone on to be George Benson and Barbara Streisand's musical director. And also, he's an incredible helicopter pilot. So I get to fly with him. And uh, we ended up doing the, um, what is it, the, uh, the harbor transition through LAX's airspace where you're at 900 feet or below. So there's three places where you can cut across LAX's airspace when all those big boys are landing. There's uh, the 110 Harbor Freeway, uh, which is really cool because you're right at downtown L.A. at the the cryptocurrency center, formerly Staples Center. And uh, that's going to be kind of cool how that that thing's just going to be like the curse of of, uh, the Lakers Clippers arena. You know, like first it was Staples and now Staples like there was a Staples down the street for me that just fucking closed. I think they're all online now. Cryptocurrency, isn't that going belly up? I have no idea. I don't wear a bow tie. I don't understand money. You know? You don't listen to somebody unless they wear a bow tie when they're talking about the economy. So, um, yeah, now it's called cryptocurrency. So you fly down. You're following the 110 South. When you cross the 10, you get on with LAX. You make your radio call, and then you go right by uh, L.A. Memorial Coliseum and that new place where the soccer team plays that used to be the site of the uh, L.A. Sports Arena. And what I love about that little patch of land there is the amount of championships that were won and lost. The first two Super Bowls were played when they were the NFL-AFL championship game at Memorial Coliseum. And the L.A. Sports Arena, a lot of people don't know this, Bob Cousy's last game with the Boston Celtics, they beat the L.A. Lakers. If you can believe this, back in the day, the L.A. Lakers could never beat the Celtics. Could never beat the Celtics until uh, free agency, the internet, and whores went all mainstream, and then just Boston as a city could not compete. (laughs) We have cold weather, and still too many people in Boston sound like Nick Nolte in 48 Hours. So they choose to come to L.A. with all the gorgeous women, the sunshine, and where too many Nick Nolte-looking guys, uh, you know, too many, too, too many guys sound like Nick Nolte in 48 hours. Because I will say that forever. L.A. is every bit as fucking racist as Boston will ever be. and I, They just are known for sunshine in Hollywood. Like, every city just gets their, their thing. You know, Boston can't shake bussing. Bussing compared to the Watts riots and Rodney King, you know? If you looked at him in an album sales kind of sense, I would say that those were much higher. I mean, Rodney King, that was like, you know, that was on the level of like the Eagles' greatest hits as far as like the coverage that got. But still, people do not equate 
L.A. as being this racist place. Um, I mean, I know I don't. I just get to drive around being a white guy. <laughs> I don't notice anything. Um, uh, 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 I'm sorry about all that uh, dumb broad. Bo- I'm going to pull that with Nia. Uh, I'm sorry about all that fucking whore, dumb broad shit that I say. Uh, you know, I just doing my job. Just keeping you ladies down. Yeah, well, that doesn't explain everything. I know it. Chinatown. We're going to one, two, three, four. How about the bus boys? New shoes. You think I didn't watch that movie and re-download that for the nine millionth fucking time? Every time I watch that movie, I download the bus boys shit. I want to do the whole soundtrack, but it doesn't exist on iTunes. And that's that's who I interact with. That's who I, I be fucking with when it comes to that shit. I'm not going to have like a bunch of different... You know, the iPhone punishes you when they're just like, oh, you're, you're going to use it. You, you're, you're more than welcome to use another streaming uh, platform for your music or whatever the fuck you call it. But the avatars aren't going to show up and it's going to be all weird and difficult. They're such cunts. They really are like the hot chick, you know, like, oh, God, who invited her? It's just some Android shit. Oh, my God, she's like so not cool. I'm like so not going to fucking work with you. Uh, on that last last iPhone, we had Terry Robinson designed the the new emojis. It was Terry Robinson, but Steve Jobs gets all the credit. Oh, that'd be funny. The whole thing would be Steve Jobs, even though he's dead, we're still going to give him the credit. Um, it was his vision. And the new sleeker design that unknown smart people worked on in that round building outside of San Francisco uh, we'll get no credit and it's still uh, we're still going with Steve Jobs Steve Jobs is going to uh, get all the credit for that one and on Timpany was Steve Jobs Steve Jobs' nephew Steve Steve E. Jobs Jr. the third Esquire Bill Gates in the garage coming up with the first home computer Um, all right let me do. Did we? Did I get my reads yet? Oh, here we go. Oh, oh, here we go. Oh, we have no reads. All I have is the live MMP to um to uh what do I what do you call it to promote here the Monday morning podcast live. I'm doing a live show of the podcast uh, here in LA. There's only going to be like a hundred tickets. So if you want to stream this thing, uh, streaming tickets for the digital experience. Um, the Monday Morning Podcast Live was performed. That was uh, Bill Burr on the uh, microphone. Uh, Bill Burr. Andrew Themelis was the uh, podcast producer. Uh, tickets will be available for all Monday Morning Podcast listeners to take part in the digital experience no matter where in the world you call home. April 23rd at noon Pacific Time, Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 p.m. British Standard Time, 5 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. That's when the fuck it's going to be starting around the world. Uh, I'm going to be extra ignorant, extra stupid, and all of that. Tickets are available at www.moment.co slash burr. That's www.moment, M-O-M-E-N-T dot C-O slash Bill Burr. Ah, I'm sorry for all those shit jokes. I just do my job. 
That was him. Nick Nolte. I mean, what else you got to do? Go back to jail. Chinatown. Yeah. Listen, I'm sorry. I, I don't have the time to hang out with you. Jack, fuck you. Yeah. And he hangs up the phone. That's <laughs> ah, the end of the podcast. Um, Not shitting on Nick Nolte. I love Nick Nolte. Um, it was just the time, people. That's one another fun thing about going back and watching old movies. Aside from the old cars the old music and all of that, you just see what was accepted and what wasn't accepted. And some of it makes you go, Jesus Christ. And then other stuff's like, why did they stop doing that? I like that. Like, you know, I know, you know, I've heard all the stories and all that and a lot of cool shit, you know, uncool shit did happen. But, you know, it was great to go to a rated R movie knowing you were going to see some titties, just selfishly, just saying that, you know. Titties went away. <laughs> titties were just fucking... I'm telling you, man. If you want to see titties, 70s and 80s, there was just titties fucking just falling out everywhere. Didn't matter what century, Western, out in space. There was just... Well, that's not true. Well, I didn't watch a lot of space movies. Were there titties in space? Space, space. I don't remember. I don't remember. I, Christ, that was, uh, I didn't mean all of that space titty shit. Ah, just do him a job. Um, <laughs> um, I do love Nick Nolte's car that he had. He had like an early 60s Cadillac. And it was funny that it was considered a piece of shit. And nowadays with all the uh, all these guys that build cars on TV, you know, it had a straight body. They would fix that thing up and make it fucking cherry, dude. And then Eddie's character had that old Porsche. A lot of cool cars in that. I believe there's a Ford Fairmont that Gans and Billy Bear kidnap uh, Luther's girlfriend, Elizabeth. Elizabeth, you okay? Um, I got hit. I don't believe it. I got shot. Um, Firewater Is that what you meant? I gotta watch that again Fucking great movie Anyway, that's it everybody um, Enjoy the baseball bat, NBA and NHL playoffs coming up uh, It's a great time of year The summer is coming I'm excited I've been drinking coffee And reading the fucking newspapers And uh, Colorado's had about enough of us Taking their water Which is a great thing um, I think that'll finally force L.A. to capture all the water that they just let go down the L.A. River out into the ocean. I think it's going to work, but it's not going to work until rich people can't take as long a shower. You know, at first it's going to be let them eat cake. You know, let them wash in the river. Right. But then eventually they're going to have to do something. That's that's what I'm predicting. Slash, I'm sort of freaking out. Because <laughs> I live here. All right, that's it. Go fuck yourselves. Have a great weekend, you cunts. And uh, enjoy the music picked out by the wonderful Andrew Themelis. And we'll have a bonus episode of the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast, following the music. That is it. Ah, I got to hit stop here. I never, I never, ever. Why is it so difficult to do this?
It's literally moving the opposite way. There we go. Come on. Come on. Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, April 13th, 2015. You know, Monday the 13th is not bad luck. It's Friday the 13th, so fucking relax, because I said 13, all right, before you get all, dude, you got to rub the fucking garlic and vinegar on your left ass cheek, because the devil lives on the left side if you're going to have a good day. All right, let's get down to it. I talked a lot of shit. I talked a lot of shit. Oh, the fuck you, you Senator fans. You know what? You actually know why I've talked all that shit? Because I wasn't watching hockey. <laughs> and all I saw, I knew the Bruins had won a couple because I follow them on my little smartphone there. You know? I follow the Bruins, the Canadians, and the Kings. The Bruins and the Kings because I like them and the Canadians because I hate them, right? And I just always want to know what those fucking blue blanc, a douche, are doing, right? I actually, I, I like the team. I just hate their fans. You know, they don't really know hockey. They think they do, and they put on loafers, and they, they, they whine. I mean, no Canadian fan can ever say that they know hockey when you watched your fan base boo Patrick Waugh out of town because he had a bad regular season game. And uh, that curse hangs over you, which is why you won't win it again this year. <laughs> All right, whatever. Stop being a cunt, Bill. So the reason why I talk shit was because I, like everybody else, saw that thing where the Bruins were selling playoff tickets. Playoffs? So I thought they made it. So I just, you know, was just being a douche, and I started giving the fucking Senators shit. I didn't even know. That's how bad a fan I was this year. But, uh, but I stuck with them, and I kept talking shit. I hoped against hope yesterday. Bruins tied it up, you know, going to overtime, and then they fucking lost. But um, I don't know. A lot of Bruins fans, oh, that, that season was a fucking disgrace and blah, 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 blah. And then other fans giving me shit. Partly it's because I talked all that shit. But, like, I don't really consider it a fucking disgrace. You know what I mean? We're a great franchise. Do you know we went to the playoffs 29 fucking years in a row? And then, like, another 10 years in a row? And then another 10 years? Something like that. Something, we've missed the playoffs, like, fucking three times in my life. Big fucking deal. Am I really going to be sad as a Boston fan? Do you realize in the last four years we won a Stanley Cup, we won a World Series, and a Super Bowl? All we need is the fucking Celtics to pull their green and white asses out of the mud in the next couple of years, and we're going to run the table again. And this is what kills me. We're doing this with four fucking teams. How can we do this with four teams? And then you look at the state of New York that has 10 fucking teams. The state of California has like 15 fucking teams. And collectively, they never have in a 10-year period run the table and won all of them. Go ahead. Hit pause. Look it up. Look it up. So I am fine. Um, I'm not as negative about the Bruins as everybody. I think we you know, we got some good young players or whatever. The guys that won the cup maybe got a little bit old. You know? What are you going to do? What the fuck are you going to do? All right. So congratulations 
to all you people that are giving me shit, you know, especially Senator fans. Well, I guess they deserve to give me shit because I talk so much stuff. But I'm just sitting there thinking in my head, like, dude, you're a fucking eighth seed. Do you really think you're going to win a cup? You're not. All right? So we'll, we'll save a seat for you down at the golf course for when you swing by in May. What do you think about that? I'm fucking with you. I don't give a shit at this point. My team's out of it. So good, good luck to everybody except for the Canadians. Good luck to the Ranger fans. You know, you guys won one cup in 75 fucking years. I, it'd be nice to see you get another one, even though you are fans of New York teams, and that's one of my favorite fucking arguments that you double down in every sport. You know, it's like you're playing blackjack, and every fucking hand you get de- dealt two aces, and you still lose. Oh, Jesus Christ, I'm fucking wiped out, man. I stayed out last night till like, I don't know what. I had, I had some friends come by. And we went to this uh, this local bar, and uh, I didn't even drink that much. It's just that I had a 4.30 pickup for a 7 a.m. flight, and um, I don't know. I stayed out till like 3. I think I slept for like a fucking hour and a half, and uh, I got on the plane, and I was asleep, and I vaguely remember them saying we had man- mechanical problems, had a fucking taxi back to the gate. I slept through all of that. Everybody, oh, what the fuck? How fucking long is this going to take? I slept through all of it, and I didn't wake up until we were over the fucking desert, which is perfect. Um, so it was actually it was a great flight, but uh, I got some shit to do tomorrow. So I am recording this Sunday afternoon. I usually have a rule that I do not record podcasts um, you know, on days that I fly because I'm usually fucking, I don't know, it does something to me. I'll tell you, it does something to the funny, you know? Um, so anyways, I don't have a team to root for at this point. So you got to be asking yourself, Bill, who the fuck are you rooting for in the playoffs? Playoffs? Who am I rooting for? Um, I'm not going to waste my time voting for the, rooting for the center. It'd be great to see them win because they've never won, but I'm not going to waste my time with that because, uh, you know, they're a fucking eighth seed. All right. There you go. So that's done. Okay. I think it's going to come down to, uh, probably Rangers and Canadians again. Um, although, so I figured they're the favorites. I, I'm going to actually, I'm going to, in the East, I'm going to root for the Capitals. I like the Capitals. I like Ovechkin because he actually scores. He's a goal scorer, but he's not, he's not a pussy. Like most goal scorers, you know, they usually got some big guy fucking skating right behind him. You know, stay away from him. Stay, give him his space. You know, he's got a mean streak to his game. He actually plays a physical game. He has gold laces which I think is a nice little piece of flair. For the <laughs> I do have to say, that guy, I, th- I think that's, you know, him or Taves are my, two of my favorite guys to watch. Like when they, but Ovechkin, I don't know, there's something about the way that guy plays. He's always in the exact same spot in the offensive zone. And he's just sitting there with his stick up in the air waiting for a fucking one-timer. Um so I'm going to root for those guys, especially if they wear their old school uniforms that has the, have the stars on the sleeves. I've always liked those. So I guess I'll root for those guys. And believe it or not, as much as I shit on uh, New York, which I just do because it's fun, you know, I actually like the Giants, believe it or not, even though they kicked our ass twice in the Super Bowl. Um, well, kicked our ass the first time, the second time. We fucking blew it. Um, Brady the Welker. Dope. Um, I actually... I'm actually a Ranger fan. Even though I was a Bruins fan, I shouldn't be because they, we had a brutal, brutal, brutal fucking rivalry in the 70s. Brad Park was always whining about Bobby Orr and how he got all that attention. He was fucking jealous. You know what I mean? Um, 
he was like the chick that wasn't quite as hot and just sat there fucking staring daggers at the prom queen all through the seventies. Then what's funny is he ended up being a Bruin. And, um, but I was, I was too, um, I was too young to remember that. I just, I don't know. I always liked the Rangers. I always liked the original six teams. Um, including the, I actually, you know, got to respect the Canadians. You know what I mean? Even though, you know, fucking 12 of their cups, they won probably playing outdoors on a frozen river. <laughs> <laughs> we beat the Montreal Maroons in 12 best 12 out of fucking 27 or whatever the fuck it was back then. Um that math didn't work. I know. Go fuck yourself. Um best 12 out of uh what would it be? 12 out of 23. Right? There you go cuz they had all fucking day back then. Um so anyways, I don't know. I like the Kings. I like the Blackhawks. I like the Blues. I think I might root for the Blues because the Kings have won one. I still like the Kings, though. Um, I don't know. I like a lot of teams in the West, except for Vancouver. Although Vancouver's not Vancouver anymore. Most of those guys left. They still got the Twins. Then they got Burroughs. That guy. Thank God for that guy. He's the reason why the Bruins won. Fucking Vancouver was kicking our ass, and all of a sudden he just started being a douche. And it was just like, I, I, wait a minute. That's what we do. <laughs> You're going to bite somebody in the finger? Come on, man. That's, that's, that's what the fuck you want to play dirty. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's our game. So anyways, um, I have no idea. So I think I'll actually I'll be watching the Kings, and then um, I actually like uh, the Blues because they haven't won ever. And... Um, yeah, that's what I'll do. I'll probably just be rooting for underdogs. But either way, I am, I'm always excited for the uh, playoffs, even though we didn't fucking make it. What are you going to do? What are you going to be a fucking baby about it? Congratulations to the Senators. And I look forward to sitting next to you, watching a game with you uh, very soon. As we sit there with both of our teams not in the playoffs. <laughs> um, all right. So I did uh, – I mentioned working in Tampa and then Florida. I was down on uh, Miami Beach. Which is fucking insane. Miami Beach really, it puts Hollywood to shame as far as uh, beautiful women, uh, train wrecks, plastic surgery, old guys with younger women. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. Um, And some of the most, but I do have to say some of the most beautiful women I've ever seen in my life. So I did a couple of shows at the uh, Jackie Gleason Theater and uh, there's no fucking office that they kept that was just like Jackie Gleason's. I forget who the fuck told me that. They don't. They have obviously... They just have a green room. Like, yep, this was his green room. And downstairs, he he actually had a bed and all that. If he got uh, if he worked too hard, wink, wink, he would sleep here. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so he'd be here for the next day to go to work or whatever. But it was still, you know, it was awesome to uh, perform there. And afterwards, we went to this, uh, this after party. And um, it was really cool. I got to see uh, Chappelle because uh, he was performing at this theater. The same theater, I should say. Bunch of days. And uh, got to talk. You know, I was psyched. I was psyched to talk to him, but we were in this fucking really loud club, you know, playing that that uh, that music that makes me feel old. That computer generated music, and there was all these fucking strobe lights, and uh, I don't know. It was just a bunch of shit going on, and they had us in like this roped off area, and it was funny because there was like nobody in the club. So rather than looking like this cool VIP area, we looked like we had some sort of plague. <laughs> they were trying to entertain us. With uh, horrible music. Maybe slowly kill us. I don't know what. But um, 
anyways, I want to thank everybody that uh, that came out to the shows. I had a I had an awesome time. So you know what's coming up next, everybody? Oh, the Billy Bible Belt tour. That's the next one. The next one. When the fuck do we start that? I don't even know. Can it send, somebody tell me how to get rid of this stupid updates? Updates available on my computer, and it says install, or my option is later. And it, my, all I can say is try in an hour, try tonight, remind me tomorrow, turn on auto update. So just every fucking day I got to click on this thing. I never update. iTunes is the only thing I update. I never update anything else because it just fills up your fucking computer. It's like my computer works. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't understand what the problem is here. Um, I don't know. I don't. I never update my phone. I still have the iPhone 4s, which at this point it's starting to fucking uh, it's starting to wig out on me here a little bit. I'm gonna have to finally give into it. But uh, I haven't heard anybody bitch about the six in a while, so I guess it, I guess the uh, the coast is clear and I can actually buy one. I always do that. I always wait for people to buy the phone, bitch about it, and then they fix it, and then I, I buy the next one. I draft behind you. That's what I do. I'm like a coward in war. I sit in the fucking foxhole in the fetal position crying as you guys go over the wall and take it in the face, right? What is this thing doing? Why is it blinking? Just made a noise, right? Am I still recording? I think I'm recording. I don't fucking know. Anyways, the Billy Bible Belt Tour. All right? It starts April 18th in Savannah, Georgia. April 19th, we're in Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, The 20th, Chattanooga, Tennessee, 21st. We are in uh, Memphis, 22nd, Shreveport. Thank you very much, everybody, for uh, helping me sell these tickets. Why does this thing keep beeping? Ah, fuck, I don't know. I don't even know if I'm fucking recording at this point. Maybe I'm just doing it for me. All right, the 23rd, we're in New Orleans. All right, we're in there, and then we're there for a couple of days, and then we got Huntsville, Alabama. Then we got, all right, I have to fucking address why this thing is fucking beeping. What is the problem? I have... Battery power, right? Why do you keep making that? All right, the fucking thing was beeping because the memory was full. I, I swear to God, man, I have no I have no instinct when it comes to uh, electronics, technology, any of this shit. I just, you know, I, I, I'm a fucking idiot when it comes to this stuff. I like, I like old school shit, you know? Anything pre like digital watch, I I didn't have a problem with it. It was simple. You put batteries in the back of it, you know. You fucking wound the hands of the clock. You looked at the clock. There it was. You just plugged it in, right? Isn't that what you did? You wound it up. There you go. I miss those. I miss those days. Nice and fucking simple, you know. Oh, Billy Simple Town. That day, you know. I'd like to go back to that at some point. Jesus fucking Christ, with all of this goddamn shit, this fucking new recorder, there's just so many extra goddamn bells and whistles on it. You know what's funny is they could have just came out with the exact same one, and I would have used their other one until it was dead. This is just for these fucking nerds. We're like, oh, dude, have you heard the new one? You know what the new one does? (laughs) The same as the old one, except a couple other things? Oh, I'm such a cunt when it comes to that stuff. I apologize. I apologize to what at all about that shit. Um, anyways, what the hell was I talking about? Oh, I think I was listing the uh, the dates on the uh, the upcoming tour. I believe we cut off the 23rd. I'm in New Orleans. Huntsville, Alabama, the 26th. Jackson, Mississippi on the 27th. Mobile, Alabama on the 28th. 
Lexington, Kentucky on the 30th, and Evansville, Indiana on the 1st, and then we go to the Kentucky Derby. And what's great about this tour is I haven't been to any of these fucking places, and um, so I'm going to be performing in front of a bunch of people that have never seen me before. Some never even heard of me, so, uh, you know, it's weird. This is kind of like when I went through Southeast Asia, <laughs> except I'm doing it in my own country, so uh, uh, it's going to be a good time. But I'll tell you right now, old Billy's been in the fucking gym. All right, I've been doing the tens when I'm on the road. That workout Bartnick showed me. It's what's, you do ten jumping jacks, ten burpees, ten sit-ups, ten push-ups, ten like alternate leg lunges, and then ten jump squats. And then you do nine, run through it again. Then you do eight, run through it again. You go all the way down to one, and then uh, I skip rope for two or three rounds. And by the end of that, I'm fucking dead. And I'll tell you right now, you do that, you, I swear to God, you can drink a 12-pack and eat a fucking quarter pounder with cheese and wake up with a flat stomach. All right? There you go. That's what you need to do. You know, I have a buddy of mine. Oh, I got a friend of mine, you know. He's uh, one of these fucking guys, you know. He's always trying to lose weight, right? But he does like those fad diet things, you know. Dude, I've cut out all sugar, you know. Or I, I, I don't eat carbs. Not eating bread. Not eating bread. Dude, I cut out bread altogether. It's just like, how long is that going to last? How can you realistically, realistically not have a fucking sandwich? That's, you know what I mean? It's like people who try to quit eating bread, that's like me trying to quit alcohol. It's just, it's not going to happen. Like, how long can I realistically go and just remain sober and, and just go through life you know, at some point, you you really you gotta you have to drink, and I'm I'm saying this to alcoholics too. All right, I think you guys are way off base with your sobriety. Okay, you're missing the point in life. The point in life is every you know you don't do it every day. You just every like you know, like three days, you get so drunk and belligerent, you you hurt everyone around you that you love, and uh, you maybe create a legal problem for yourself, and you know. I know that this is obvious to most of my listeners, but I just don't understand why people go to AA meetings. Um, no, I'm joking. I just fucking... <laughs> All you got to do is just start your day with your fucking oatmeal. These fucking idiots, man, sitting there. Dude, I'm done with pickles. I'm not done with anything. Like, I try not to eat McDonald's, but I know at some point, oh, I know I'm going to go in there. And you know what? I'm going to go in there. My heart's going to be fucking racing with excitement knowing that I'm doing something bad and I'm going to eat it. And second after I eat it, I'm going to feel like shit. I know I am. I know I am, but I'm not. I'm, despite that, it's fucking delicious when it's going down, right? And I know I'm going to fucking hate, but everybody, just every once in a while. Hey, did you see somebody did the, uh, it was great. Somebody did the final four, like the, the bracket thing, the March Madness brackets with uh, fast food. And I can't tell you how disappointment pointed I was that McDonald's got knocked out in the first round. I just thought it was completely disrespectful. You know, this is this is the this is they're like the Rose Bowl of fast food. These are the ones who they started it all, right? March Madden, let me look this up. And I, I guarantee you're gonna you're gonna take it fucking personally. March Madness fast foods images. Come on, Bill. Were you able to find it? Were you able to make computers work for you? For once in your life. Ah, geez, it's just a bunch of fucking advertising. Oh, well, there it is. There it is. I found it. Holy shit, I can't believe it. All right, visit the page. Visit the page. I click the button. Nothing happens. 
The vein in my forehead starts to pulse. But McDonald's, got, McDonald's gets knocked out in the first round. Give me a fucking break. McDonald's, they're, they're like the Duke of fast, of fast food, you know? They're just, they're just going to be in it, at least to the grade eight. Wouldn't you say? What's your favorite fast food? In and out gets fucking knocked out. That had to have been an upset, right? Ah, oh, this is birthday cake versus pie. You know what? Fuck you, Internet. I'm so fucking... St- Why can't you just find the shit that I need? Ah, go fuck yourself. All right, it's over. Whatever. Yet again. Yet again. You know what I need to learn how to do? I need to learn to not just fucking wing this podcast and just search for the shit that I want first, have it, and then riff about it. Instead of getting you guys excited that I'm actually going to complete a fucking thought on here. All right, tapping out of that. Not even gracefully. That was just a train wreck. I just fell out of the side of a fucking moving car. That's what just happened, okay? We went around a corner. I didn't have my seatbelt on. The door opened up, and then that was it. Old freckles right out the side. Road rash all over the side of his big forehead. Um, so anyways, I actually watched a, uh, a documentary that I think it was on HBO. Uh, my lovely wife recorded it on uh, Frank Sinatra, this two-part series. And I got to tell you, man, it changed my life, a, a one part of it. And it's the part where he makes his second comeback. Like, I guess he, he was like the first sort of, uh, you know, he was like the Justin Bieber of back then when he, when he first did like the, uh, when he first started singing. He was a crooner and all the chicks loved him and that type of stuff. And it's funny, all the big bands were like the fucking rock bands back then. Benny Goodman and Glenn Miller and all them. And they're looking like, who the fuck is this kid? You know, with all these girls screaming, you know? And, uh, and also he just speaks to the quality of talent back then and musicianship that like a guy of Frank Sinatra's talent was considered like a, like a fucking boy band. Um, and granted, you had all that stuff going on back then, right? Miles Davis, Charlie Parker and all that type of shit. But they had all this amazing footage and he was in the, I think the Tommy Dorsey band. And like they're, all they're doing, they're talking about Frank and I'm looking at the band, and they got Buddy Rich on drums. They don't even bring it up. It's just it was the level of talent. It was just it was fucking unreal. Like he really had to know how to play back then. So, what, anyways, he had basically after he dropped off, you know, after his crooning thing was over, people thought he was finished. And I think that like the whole rock star thing, but was basically he was basically a rock star before rock was. Um, you know, there was no history of of anybody ever doing that. So when he fell off, everybody thought he was finished. So when he made his comeback as the singer of sad songs and lament, whatever the fuck they said, it was considered the greatest comeback in showbiz history. So that wasn't the part that scared me. What scared me was the second time, you know, when he was into his 50s now. I think the first time he fell off, it was just like, I don't know, he was in like his 20s. He was considered older and washed up or something, or maybe like into his 30s. So 20 years after that, he has his second one. And this is the one that scared me. And they said Frank was making all these choices, desperately trying to remain relevant. And they had at one point, he was singing with some like Motown group, and they had these really like crazy like like pimp suits meets like a Three Musketeers kind of outfit, right? Late 60s, crazy shit. And Frank puts on one of these outfits to sing with this popular group. And he's got that big band swing pulse. And they're coming more with like a Motown thing. And I was literally on the edge of the couch watching it 
with like my fucking head in my hands going like, oh my God, this happened to Frank Sinatra? Like, what the fuck is going to happen to me? And I immediately, (laughs) since then, have been planning some sort of, I got to have an exit strategy out of this business. I've joked about it before on stage saying how this business at some point is finished with you, whether you like it or not. But you never think about it. All you're thinking about is your next project. Um, you know, it's this business is like a fantasy. It's not a, like the real world where you're like, I'm going to do this until then. And then when I'm this age, I'm 65. I think I'm going to retire and blah, 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 blah. Like this business, people just fucking hang around and hang around and hang around and hang around. To the point they fucking hire you and people, like, when they go and they bring up your name, they go, I thought he was, de- is he still alive? Hey, Sharon, he's Bill. Try and find out if Bill Burr's still alive. Like, that'll fucking happen to me someday if I stick around too long. So, all I could, you know what I felt like when I was watching that? I felt like Polly, that scene in Goodfellas. All right, when he's talking to Henry. Telling him to stay away from the drugs and he talks about some other Don. He goes, you hear about so-and-so? He's going to die in jail. All right? That ain't fucking happening to me. And I was literally watching Frank wearing that suit, and that's all I could think. I can't say that's not going to happen. I just hope that does not happen to me. Um, I just started having these fucking panic attacks and me coming out on stage on a cruise ship with, like, a walker. <laughs> and people just going to see me at that point just to see me. Like, hey, you know, he's... Come on. He's been telling dick jokes for 40 years. We got to go see this guy. And I come out there, eh, old age spots on the top of my fucking head. They're desperately trying to cover up with fucking, I don't know what kind of makeup. you got a goddamn sander, electric sander. <laughs> in the top of my fucking head before I go out there. Um, yeah, fuck that. I gotta, I, and I think I know what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. I got to start investing money outside of this business. So I have ink. I need mailbox money coming in outside of this business. So whenever they're done with me, I can just transition. You know what I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to become a slumlord. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to live this like dual life where I'm going to be this smiling entertainer on stage and I'll do benefits for diseases and, and underprivileged people and all that. And then one day I will get exposed for the monster I truly am. And I'll have all these fucking, <laughs> like, you'll, there'll be, like, stories about how inexplicably, like, tuberculosis is coming back. And uh, eventually they'll trace it back to this, like, these four awful towers of apartments that are owned by this uh, this corporation. And they're like, well, who is behind uh Go fuck yourself, Inc., or whatever. Billy Redface. Who is Billy Redface? Then they'll fucking... They'll bust me. Then that'll, that'll be the end of it. Now, you know who I'll blame? I'll blame the uh, the Astor family out of New York. And I'll just be like, well, I got, I got my business model through them. I mean, they did the same thing. And for some reason, no one trashed them. And they actually got an entire subway stop and piece of New York, like, named after them. You know, Astor Place. Why can't we have uh, Billy's place? I'll do it in Detroit. I'll go. I'll go there and I'll buy up a whole block, you know. And then re- rather than redoing it, I'll rent it out to crackheads. Just you know, I'm, I'm just I'm just throwing shit against the wall here. Just, just, just go easy here with this uh, this this business model. I'll rent it out to some crackheads, right? And um, 
Ah, it's a stupid idea. They don't have money. All right, so I have to get them out of there. Do you know how you get crackhead out of your house? You get you got to go. Uh, you got you got a bright flashlight in a garden hose. That's what you do, and you, you just <laughs> and you don't have it on full blast. You just have it on like that. You know when you when you when you're watering a dainty flower in your garden. You, do you ever do that? Sitting out there, you know, subconsciously scratching your ass. That's basically how you do it. Except you hold one with like a flashlight, and then you just sort of you water them. You know, water's good for you. That's like their kryptonite, and they they get out of there. You, didn't, you treat them like house cats. They get up on the couch. You know, you just keep doing that. So the the hardest part is getting the water turned back on while they're still in there. You know, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. But anyway, so I watched that thing. Did anybody see it? It scared the shit out of me. This whole fucking thing of getting old and not being fucking relevant and all of that type of stuff. And uh, I don't know. Desperately trying to figure out where the fuck do you go? Where do you turn to? You know what I mean? This is why, like, not having kids is fucking scary. Because then, you know, that you can lean back on your kids. Like, well, they'll take care of me, you know? At least they'll stick me in a fucking home or something. I can eat applesauce as I yell at the wall. Am I sitting in my own fucking feces? Right? I mean... Wait till it rains and I stick my old ass out the window and I wash it. Ah, Jesus, Bill. Well, you know, whatever. Go fuck yourself. It scared me. I got a little scared. So I'm thinking of being a, uh, I think I'm going to become a slumlord on the side. So I'll let you know if uh, I can find an apartment building that costs about, I don't know, about seven, eight grand. I can go down to Home Depot, put some fucking uh, PCP fucking piping or PCV piping, whatever the fuck it's got. I don't know what it's called. That's what I'll do. And I'll be a monster on the side while I smile and wave at benefits. That is my exit strategy. So this is my question for you guys. You guys in the real world. All right? Because I'm, I'm not even joking about how frightening that was to watch. What, what, is, uh, what is your exit strategy if you have a career right now? All right? And if you do have children, do you think that you have raised your children in a way that they are both smart enough to have a career where the it, where they can take care of you, and secondly, where were you nice enough to them that they don't hate your fucking guts, that they don't give a shit, you know, you know they don't care if you rot in a fucking old folks home. Were you nice enough to them that they don't resent you, or were you not selfish enough that they picked up on your selfish habits and they're like, yeah, I don't give a fuck about my dad or my mom, you know? That's what I'm asking you. I'm asking the tough questions here. On the Monday Morning Podcast. All right, let's read some of the fucking advertising here for this week. Um, all right, the Thursday afternoon, Monday Morning Podcast. Okay, Bill, in case the rest of the morons who listen to your podcast haven't extended a thank you yet, let me do so on behalf of them for the Thursday afternoon, Monday Morning Podcast that comes in just before Friday there. Uh, I love the music between the old clips, especially last week's. My wife and I were listening on the way to work and she pointed out that you sound different on Thursdays. Monday, you come out of the gate, and by Thursday, you seem more at peace. It's probably too early to claim a pattern, but we'll see. Anyways, thank you again. Ah, Jesus Christ. Can women ever just fucking not be trying to figure, what, figure you out? They're fucking weird. Sorry, I needed a drink there. You know, he seems more... I like the Thursday bill. Like, just, like... And you know what? And they always act like what they're trying to do is to make your life better. And all she's doing, she's like, they're constantly gaining, like, uh, reconnaissance, like, information. You know what I mean? 
because generally speaking, unless you're, you're dating one of those UFC chicks, you know what I mean? They can't beat the shit out of you. So they got to go cerebral. So they are constantly on some sort of surveillance mission, even on a guy that isn't in their fucking lives. It just weirded me out that she's listening to it at that level. And you know what's funny? She just does it naturally. Who the fuck else would be thinking that? He seems more um, <laughs> melancholy on Wednesdays, but on Saturdays, there's a light. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. Oh, Jesus Christ. Maybe because Mondays I'm flying back from somewhere and I'm hungover. How about that? Maybe that's what it is. But I'll tell you right now, I'm never more at peace. Um, I'm actually happy somebody would ever think that they heard that in my voice. All right, I'm going to read this next one. I'm going to read it in my, I guess, my Thursday. Let me try to get myself more at peace here. Need advice. Hey, Billy Bitch Tits, I need your help. My girlfriend of three years has been acting really strangely lately. Things were fine up until two months ago. We were banging and hanging all the time. Without, I can't do this. We were banging and hanging. Oh, Jesus. Were you high-fiving while you were fucking too? All the time. <laughs> hey, I'm going to come up top, bro. Up top. Up top, bro. Oh, Jesus. Nice fucking switcheroo there, huh? Um, we were banging and hanging all the time without any problems at all except for the odd fight over which restaurant to go to. Life was pretty sweet. Anyways, lately, she's never been available between 7 p.m. and 10 p.m. And when I do reach her after 10 p.m., she's really grumpy and doesn't want to talk to me. She tells me it's not me and not to worry. It'll be better soon, but she's been like this for the last two months, and there's no end in sight. She also keeps canceling our plans at the last minute, saying she's not feeling up to going out. She's never acted like this before, and we've known each other for seven years. Oh, Jesus, a seven-year itch there. Um, anyways, yesterday was the breaking point. I called her around 9.30 p.m., and she told me to go fuck myself and hung up on me. I called her back 45 minutes later, and I'll be honest, I was crying a little. Oh, God, she's in your heart now, dude. Well, seven years she's going to be. Uh, what was different was that this time she was crying too, and she said she was really sorry, and that the last two months, oh, fuck you. I'm not even going to read that. Come on, man. Hey. Andrew, quit sending me the fucking troll ones. All right, election. Uh, I, I mean, I got to read it because it was funny. But I mean, I, I don't want to turn all of these questions into the everything and wow, wow, wow. It was just a joke because then I don't have anything to fucking tie. There was she had been watching the Bruins and blah 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 blah. Basically, if that was a real one, she would have been crying the entire season. Uh, yeah, don't send me these things because this is what helps me talk for a fucking half hour. If if, if every one of these is going to be like, oh, I fucking trolled you. You know, anyways, election. Dear Capitol Hill Bill, can we get your thoughts on the 2016 election? Hillary, Ron Paul or Rand Paul, Ted Cruz. Uh, thoughts on any of them or what direction you think this country is going in? Um, I think Hillary's got a great shot because she's a woman and there'll be a big pressure to not say she stinks because you'll get branded as a sexist. Um, I'm sick of the Clinton family and the Bush family. I, I just I need a fresh face to be lying to me. That's the one thing I've loved about Obama over the last eight years. At least it was a different face 
you know, just shoveling a bunch of shit at me as opposed to just fucking. I mean, can we just get out of the fucking Bush Clinton, Bush Clinton? I don't want to do that. You know, I really don't. And also when a woman becomes president, it's going to it's going to crush me to watch how excited women are going to be as if it's going to make a bit of fucking difference. And I don't mean that in some hateful way towards women. I just can't stand people who fucking honestly look at the presidential office as if that person can can do anything. You know, uh, this is going to get this is going to get fucking dark here. I think it's all bullshit. When you look at what fucking politicians make, it's pathetic. It's pathetic what they make. Four hundred grand to be president, you get two hundred something grand to be a goddamn senator. All right, and all of those offices cost millions and millions and millions and millions of fucking dollars to get. So you have to go to all these other fucking guys, and then you owe all of them favors. So you're bought and paid for before you even get into the fucking office. And then what happens is afterwards, somehow, like like something ridiculous, like sixty-five to seventy percent of of senators are multimillionaires. It's like how the fuck did you do that? If you just made a couple hundred grand a year, because you're going to get whacked in half in taxes. You know what I mean? I just think the whole fucking thing is corrupt. And um, look at Obama, the first African-American president. You would think that they would be that that should have been the most liberal fucking guy ever. And he wasn't. It was just to me. It was just more of the same, more of the fucking same, more of the uh, ooh, these people are going to get us more of that shit. And just getting everybody to hate everybody all around the fucking world. It's just been all of that same exact shit. And I don't think, you know, any of those guys. I don't know if, if who's, the, who's the, you know, the, the woman that I do like is the one who's fucking actually calling out the banks and saying we need to break up the monopoly. That's the one that I like. Out of everybody that I've heard talk, she's the one that I'm actually like, wow, she's actually saying something, you know, Um but, I mean, if she actually tried to do that, she would get whacked. And I totally believe that. She would – she get – I don't know that they even have to fucking whack you now. They can just – they'll just destroy you. They'll, I don't know. They'll go through your emails and they'll kill you that way. But uh, that's, that's, what I, that's what I feel and all that. I think it's, uh, I think it's hopeless. And, um, yeah, we're going to fuck it all up. And the world at some point will be unlivable because it will be so polluted and overpopulated. And then we'll basically – I don't know. Something will happen. A volcano or merciful asteroid. And uh, that's those are my beliefs. So there you go. Hey, maybe that woman was right that I, I am more at peace and hopeful <laughs> on Thursday. Re-ask me that on Thursday. And I'll be like, you know what? I think Hillary is wonderful. It'll be so great for women everywhere and men. All right. Thoughts on Pete Rose. Hey, Bill, big fan. I know you're very passionate about sports. Was curious where you stood on Pete Rose with All-Star Game in Cincinnati this year. Now, if ever, would be the time to get for him to get reinstated. Now that you got podcasts twice a week, thought you might have time to rant about Pete Rose sometime. Check out the link below if you have a minute. Song I wrote, put Rose in the Hall of Fame. Love you, brother. Um, I don't know. You know, I think when you fuck up like he did, I mean, that's the number one thing you're not supposed to do. You're not supposed to uh, gamble on baseball because that fucks with the... the uh, the integrity of the game beyond like even like steroids. Um, Cause then, then you're literally like trying to lose a game possibly, which at least with steroids, you're trying to fucking win. At least you're trying to fucking win. And I know he says, I never bet against my team, but I mean, I don't know if anybody knows a fucking degenerate gambler, 
I mean, eventually, you know, you get yourself into situations and you need that one big score and there's 162 games. Hey, why don't I bring that guy up from AAA and put him on the mound? See what happens. Um, <clears throat> at the last second, of course. Um, I wouldn't mind if they put him in at this point. I, I feel like he he paid the price, but I had no sympathy for the guy, uh, you know, for the first, like, 20 years of this shit. But um, at this point, he's an old man. Just put him in there. I mean, the guy, he was so great for baseball. Uh, it's just unfortunate that he had that problem, and um, I, I think he paid the price. I'd let him back in. There you go, huh? There's a little Thursday attitude for you. Wasn't that nice? I almost had a little tear in my eye. Um, all right, where are we going here? Uh, Daredevil. Jesus Christ, Daredevil. Dear Wonder Bill, <laughs> you don't strike me as much of a comic book fan. Yeah, I liked him when I was a little kid. You know, oh boy, do you think Aquaman could beat Electric Man? What about the gas burner? Um... <laughs> But you should really check out the new Daredevil show on Netflix. The fighting is great. Uh, he gets his ass kicked, which adds to the reality of one guy walking into a room and facing seven others. Vincent D'Onofrio. All right, I'm already in. Rosario Dawson. All right, I'm in. One of the hot chicks from True Blood is in it. It's dark as hell. Please report back with a review. Uh, are you caught up on the following? I never saw the following. Um, I'm trying to find where the fuck I can watch the pilot to Better Call Saul. They don't have it, as far as I can tell, up on AMC. If anybody can find me that in, like, the first two episodes, I have the rest of the season taped, episode three, through the finale. I have to do that first, and then I'm going to go to Daredevil. I really want to get into Lord of the Rings, but I just hate fucking period pieces with the fucking... I just hate the clothes. You know what I mean? They're walking around in those castles with no central heating, and nobody is ever shivering. I just can't get into it. Um, all right. What is the following? What is the following? What the fuck is that? That is that. that it better not be a werewolf, zombie, or, or vampire thing. If I had to guess, the following, is that about somebody who starts a church? Is that what it is? Come on, old computer, you can do it. This is how long it takes my fucking computer, my goddamn neighborhood. Because we won't have one of those fake internet trees. Because it will mess with the integrity of the aesthetics. The following, the following. Uh, watch the most current episode on Hulu. The following TV series. A brilliant and charismatic yet psychotic serial killer communicates with other active serial killers. How the fuck have I not been watching this? This is tremendous. And advocates a cult of believers following his every command. All right. So what they did was they took the Charlie Manson thing and they they, they added a little little a little extra thing to it. He used to have to stand in front of him. Now these, he can do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah, all right, I'm in. Dude, can I? There's never been another time in the history of television where there's been this many unbelievable shows to watch. Like it's insane. I don't get why a TV show is so fucking great, and it's so hard to find a good movie now. You know. I mean, people steal TV shows, too. I'm starting to think movies don't have an excuse anymore. Everything doesn't have to be a fucking $100 million, uh, I don't know. You know what? I actually did see a great movie. I don't know if I brought this up. Did anybody see uh, um, Wild Tales is the name of it? It was um, a movie made by some director out of uh, Argentina. It's fucking phenomenal. It's like six back-to-back -back stories 
Um, almost, it kind of seems like the, like a format, like a Tarantino type of thing that he would do. But they're unrelated. But there's a a, a overall theme of this really dark comedy, uh, revenge, and that type of stuff. And it's um, me and Nia saw it the other day. We absolutely fucking loved it. Um, called Wild Tales. Um, definitely, definitely check it out, man. It was, it was. Um, I don't know. It was, I'll tell you, it was a great movie. You know. All right, a great book, Bill. I am reading this book. Um, called Men on Strike, Why are why Men Are Boycotting Marriage, Fatherhood, and the American Dream, and Why It Matters. Oh, Jesus, dude. Why would you abandon all of that? It is, it is a very in-depth look at the lack of paternal rights and laws in this country. I've been talking to a lot of younger guys in the military about it so they don't get caught up. Um yeah, but what they should have is on, on is the back end of that. Like, okay, so if you're never going to get married and you're never going to become a dad and have the picket fence and all that, you what you need to do is you need to go hang out with some old playboys who are in their 50s, early 60s, and you will see a, a sadness in their eyes that you do not want in your soul. I will tell you that because as much, you know, as much as I go off and make fun of women and everything, you know, I am 10 times harder to live with, you know? So, I mean, they're, they're tortured by us too, but I, I really can tell you that going solo is not the way, um, for most people, I would think. I mean, some people are just wired that way. I mean, I have a little bit of that. Like I am a big time, big time loner. I got this weird thing where I won't shut the fuck up when I'm with my friends, but like anytime we have like company and shit, I swear to God, I swear to God, like I, I can only do it for like eight to ten minutes, and all of a sudden I, I'm, I just have to get up and walk out and be by myself, <laughs> sit outside on the porch, just staring at a tree. It's really fucking weird. Um, unless maybe I'm just selfish. Unless the subject is something that I'm interested in, what everybody's talking about. I got to whisper this shit. My wife hears this; she's gonna be pissed. Um, oh, great, Bill, and then post it like she's not gonna find out about it. Um. No, I just, my brain just shuts down. That's basically what happens. And it's something Nia said about me a long time ago. She goes, you just, if you don't give a fuck about something, you just stop listening and it's really annoying. And it's like, all right, well, I thought I was listening to my inner voice. <laughs> you know? I mean, what, what, what the, what you, I am I am I am always amazed at people that are, that have really good social graces. You know what I mean? They come in, they know how to throw a party, make sure everybody's comfortable. They notice that somebody's drink is empty and all of that. I just I just like, "Hey, how you doing? All right, booze is over there. See you later. Don't talk to me." You know, I come more with that vibe. Um I can tell you right now, the second I'm done uploading this fucking thing, like, uh, I am, I don't know. I'm just going to go sit out on my porch, <laughs> staring at a tree, thinking nothing. I don't know. I think I'm probably slowly losing my fucking mind. Who knows? Um, all right. Let me read the last, mercifully read the last couple of these live reads, clicking on this, scrolling down. Legal zone. These guys, their copy is always so fucking intense. I actually have to confess to stamps.com. I went to the post office the other day. You know what it was? Um, I just wanted some colorful stamps. 
every once in a while, you know, I want some nice stamps. And I got these, I got these, I stood in line and it was a shit show. And it was every reason why I don't like going down there. And I came up in line and of course I was the next in line. And then the fucking person hit, puts the next window sign there. It really should just say, go fuck yourself. And then point a different direction. So I got Battle of New Orleans, the War of 1812 stamps, which I think are pretty cool. And then I got these crazy circus ones. And I hate the circus. Got a bunch of scary clowns. There's a tiger and an elephant, which you know were abused. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I'm telling you this. And then I got a bunch that had flowers on them. They usually have some cool shit, though. They have, like, you know, race cars and shit like that. You know what I mean? What are you, fucking eight years old? Well, hey, you know what? I'm a big kid. Go fuck yourself. I enjoy that type of stuff. Anyways, um, this is the this is the deal for this week, man. The biggest thing in my life here is this bus tour coming up. And I got to tell you... Uh, I'm so fucking excited to be going to these cities because I've never been there. And uh, I'm going to be in front of a bunch of people that I haven't had the opportunity to, to perform in front of. And their vibe, I'm never going to – it's going to be a new experience, you know, when you get out of your comfort zone. And there's going to be a lot of shit that I'm going to say that they're going to take maybe in a different way, which will cause other things to happen. It's gonna be, and it's going to be so much fun. And I'm going to not understand what they're saying sometimes the other way around. It's the fucking greatest. And uh, it's going to be me, Paul Verzi, and Jason Lawhead. And uh, I, I can't wait. So please, if you're in the area, please come out. Tell your friends about it. And uh, we'll give you a great show. And with that, that is the podcast for this week. So once again, congratulations to the Senators. You guys deserved it. You were the better fucking team. Congratulations to the Penguins. Ugh. The fucking Penguins, um, Rangers, even the Canadians. Congratulations, all you guys. I hope you guys, whatever. I'm not going to be a cunt about this, all right? Good luck to all of you. I hope all your dreams come true, even though it will only happen for one fan base. Um, so I'm rooting for the Capitals. And uh, I've kind of become a Kings fan, i got to admit it. But uh, I will also be rooting for the Blues um, just because they haven't won it. I don't even know. Are the Predators in it? I root for something like that. Then the Jets, they haven't won it. I don't know. Who gives a fuck? <laughs>